0: ¡Hum! No, no. no, no.
1: to our podcast within a podcast, Pottering Around the Unexpected Howler of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who would actually like to follow a Mrs. Fig POV for a while, thanks. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: I could not possibly be in more agreement with you than your last statement you just uttered. Mrs. Fig is the biggest surprise of this book.
1: (laughs) Spencer, did you, like, when
2: reading this book, did you think that J.K. Rowling had a a personal drop-in for you? Like, this
0: was...
1: Mrs. Fig is the Spencer stand-in?
0: Yes. If if certain life decisions had gone differently or certain life decisions occur going forward, yeah, even with the rollers, with the cat food in the bag, all that's just coming to pass.
1: (laughs) Spencer stands on a knife edge of Mrs. Fig. (laughs) It wouldn't take much. There's many ways my life could go squib. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. So we are here for the second chapter of the fifth book of Harry Potter, uh, chapter titled uh, a peck owls. of owls which is a delightful title is that uh, that is is that one that of the actual not
0: not a it, grouping it, it is of not. Owls. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> gen, the generally accepted term in the english language is a parliament of owls because yes. 1600s sure. england was weird
1: sure well even better that it's just wrong i guess we Have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap, um, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles and (laughs) as many cues as we can get in there. All of my (laughs) hopes and dreams are quashed in the course of that segment, but we have a lot of stuff we do before we get there. So are we are we ready for a recap? Okay. Well, we are in the second chapter of this book. I have my sea legs back under me. I think I can make a bet on this. Although this is a pretty dense chapter, the peck of owls is is a lot to deal with. Um, All of which bring new and interesting information, we could say. Nevertheless, I am going to go on the high end of my bet. I think I can do this. I'm going to challenge myself here at the beginning of this fifth book. I'll do a 155 bet and we'll see what happens.
0: We are returning properly to form them, uh, which is, as you said, that's no small challenge when it comes to this. This is a chapter that is just full of surprising world-upending material,
1: dece and deceivingly long too. We have several different scenes that happen here, all of which are important. Well,
0: not to add to the tension, but the stopwatch is totally in another room, so I'm just going to keep track of my phone, so you will not know in the moment what your time is. Oh no! Even better. <laughs> and I'll make Whenever... jumping noises to make it more like uh, our original ones. It's perfect. <laughs>
1: BJ, you are not allowed to do that. Spencer, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm disappointed in you. Who's I'll ready raise, for I'll, a recap?
0: I'll, I'll raise a hand once you get to 145. How about that?
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Let's do it. You ready?
1: Harry can't figure out how Mrs. Fig is so clued into the wizarding world until she lets it be known that she's a squib tasked by Dumbledore with keeping a watch on Harry. They drag Dudley through the streets Mrs. Fig admonishing Harry to keep his wand out complaining about Mundungus, and concerned with getting word to Dumbledore before the Ministry can throw the reasonable restriction for underage magic book at Harry. Mundungus apparates in, learns about the Dementors, and apparates out again. They get Dudley to the Dursleys' door and Mrs. Fig hurries off to await instructions. Petunia opens the door and is justifiably horrified at the state of her son. Harry's just about to slip away when Dudley fingers Harry is the cause vernon's just settling into gorilla when an owl swoops in to deliver a letter from the improper use of magic office harry is expelled his wand will be destroyed and he must face a disciplinary hearing he's frozen for a moment before realizing that the one thing that isn't going to happen is him giving up his wand when he pulls it out vernon tries to pull the i know you can't do magic outside school line but harry's got nothing left to lose then errol collides with the window delivering another letter this one from arthur weasley telling harry not to leave do magic or surrender his wand Apparently Dumbledore's sorting it out, but the mood Harry's in, he's not overly confident in that. Nevertheless, he changes tone and decides to stay. Vernon and Petunia still have questions and finally get Dudley to talk a little, and his description of Dementors is fascinating. Harry has a hell of a time getting the Dursleys to actually believe it was Dementors, except that Petunia knows what they are. She overheard that awful boy telling her sister about them. There's another owl from the improper use of magic office. He can keep his wand and is still enrolled at Hogwarts for the moment. There'll be a disciplinary hearing with an official decision. Vernon demands to know what really happened to Dudley, so Harry bellows out the whole story before another owl arrives from Sirius, reiterating that he should not leave the house again. This gets Harry's hackles up, but he continues to tell Ver- Vernon about the Dementors, which prompts the real questions: question, what were Dementors doing in Little Winging? Voldemort must have sent them. This sets off new panic in the kitchen from Petunia. She's the only one who really knows what that means. Vernon tries to throw Harry out of the house when a final owl appears with a howler for Petunia. It bursts open to Bellow, remember my last Petunia. When she's recovered, she's very firm. Harry stays with them.
0: 157.05 in time.
1: <laughs> All right. Well done. Mark it down in the books. Um, BJ, does that pass muster? Uh,
2: Yeah. I think that that mustered out. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to start with a wizard wheeze that uh, is different than most of my other wizard wheezes. And, And that is... Uh, you had a turn of phrase there that was probably more J.K. Rowling than most of what we had in this chapter <laughs> uh, with uh, Dudley to the Dursley door. That was some some really mm. good, nice alliteration mm. there.
1: I, I try to provide little Easter eggs for you where I can, BJ.
2: And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that in this chapter, we... Got the summation of all of Harry Potter uh, to date from Mrs. Fig, which I thoroughly appreciate. Good Lord, boy! They told me you were intelligent. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Fig is the best. Can we just mark that down Ow. right now? I, I um, other than heard...
2: her use of ellipses
0: while talking, it's it's a. Uh, it's impressive. You, you didn't you didn't like the punctuated emphasis of her thwacking somebody with a bag full of cat food, and every just <laughs> pause on every single hit of the bag. Um, it might have been a
2: little over the top, but but it was entertaining. Fair
1: enough. Um,
2: I, I will also say the glumping is is a great word, um, and the origin of it is very funny. I I still sort of maintain that that this isn't a real word. Um, shit that Lewis Carroll came up with doesn't really, I think, (laughs) get in, get to be real words in our lexicon. Um, and apparently, uh, some of the thoughts of the origination was he was combining gallop and Triumph. Um, and so he got galumphing. Um, I think the original usage was something excited and running in, uh, but now is like, it bashing feels, around and
0: completely uncoordinated
1: a little more bull in a China shop now than triumphant. It,
0: yes. It, it feels like such a German word enterprise of where we've got two different words. Let's just smush them together and see what happens. We'll call that a new word right now. I think that's more French. They they even have a weird
2: word for uh, carrying cases because of it. Hmm. Portmanteau. Yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um,
1: nevertheless, this is, I think, a particularly successful example of the smushing of the words.
2: Yes, uh, it, it is a very good job. Um, the other thing that I was kind of curious about and confused, um, and I'm just going to comment about this in my wizard wheezes because I'm going to wheeze about it, is why does Dudley have leather shoulder pads on? I I I, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Uh, it, it, it's a look. <laughs> it is a look. I, like, Let I'm sort figure... of trying to figure out what Dudley's uh, attire yeah. is today. Uh, where
1: So can you give me some context for where that appears in the chapter? Uh, I did not notice that at fairly all. Fairly
2: late uh, in the chapter, Petunia, uh, he's let's wearing see, a... uh, uh, her he's hands wearing... found Dudley's massive leather-clad shoulders and clutched them.
1: Um, oh, I think he's got a leather jacket on.
0: He does. Prior chapter, okay. they said he was wearing a leather jacket.
1: Yeah, okay, because that's just kind of like neighborhood tough neighborhood look public. i think yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, this um, almost this would be very funny if you were wearing leather shoulder pads though yes
0: were, were you hoping for very mad max kind of look of this just giant like football pads shoulders just out of nowhere <laughs> on the kids
2: yeah something like that um i, I like i don't know uh, but i also sort of get the sense that J.K. Rowling thought about describing Dudley in a white t-shirt with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's got a very knicky look going on here. Yeah. Mm. Although, to be fair, it is weird that he is wearing a leather jacket in what has been repeatedly described in the first chapter as a horrendous heat wave. Yes. Yeah.
0: Fashion has its demands regardless of weather. Sure. Yeah. Um,
2: Maybe she had just read The Outsider's. Sure. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all I have uh, for for wheezing today. This, I mean, unless I wanted to get too much into the ellipsis punctuation, this was a fairly light. Again, I I think we're out of the early chapter uh, lightness. I Mm. I think the fourth book, you know, sort of as we talked about, is a real turning point
0: in the series. So, I mean. Bridging from there into Newbie's notes. Yeah, it's shocking how much this, the initial chapters of this book are just designed for us to go completely off the rails we've expected for the start of every prior book. This is the Mm -hmm. book that is like, oh, you have expectations about this world. Let's flip those over like a jar, and you will catch up to about the same degree that Harry Potter is. And I don't like feeling as slow on the uptake as Harry Potter. That's a very uncomfortable situation to be in. But I'm there and try they told and guess- me you were
1: intelligent, <laughs> intelligent
0: Spencer. <laughs> they were wrong. in so many ways. <laughs> but um. uh, one thing that's helping me is that, Sarah, like you said, I have found my spirit animal in Mrs. Fick. I have never <laughs> done such a 180 on a character as fast as I've done with this woman. Where she was a non-entity. She was a woman that gave him stale cookies and was an un- uncomfortable babysitter. Now, she's a secret spy on behalf of Dumbledore. She's a squib, but seemingly unlike other ones we've seen, okay with that. She thwacks people with cat food and has delightful insults and idiomatic expressions. I wrote down a few. Might as well be hanged for a dragon as an egg. No good (laughs) crying over spilled potion. The cat's among the pixies now. And her insults, you useless skiving sneak, sneak thief or you worthless pile of bat droppings. Lady can turn a phrase. I mean, it also but,
1: makes you wonder, like, what her what her actual background is, that she seems to be this enmeshed with the wizarding world mm-hmm. while still being a squib, living in muggle life, right? Yeah.
2: So I have, like, I'm sort of curious uh, about a number of things. And, you know, I think theories versus questions, you know, we'll have to get there later. <laughs> but first of all, like, a lot of those turns of phrases are somebody went for... Yeah. You know, the magic version of a lot of things. Yes. Fairly entertaining versions of that, uh, which I do appreciate. Um, but uh, but, yeah, she's an
0: interesting character and. Th- throw in yeah. that she's apparently the leader of an entire group of a trained team designed to watch Harry in the in the Muggle world of where it's her uh, Mundungus. Mundungus. And, uh, I'm, I'm assuming Tibbles is her cat. If it isn't, I'll be very yes. entertained. <laughs> Pipples is her cat.
1: It is her cat. I, yes. I mean, it,
0: it seems like she's been on long-term mission with respect to this. Mundungus is maybe more recent. Like the team has been recently expanded due to current events, but mm-hmm. still this is an impressive secret enterprise that's been going on under our nose. And certainly Harry Potter's nose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, we I,
2: talked about this a little bit and I think that was one of Sarah's like, I cannot answer this when, uh, I think we talked about Mrs. Fig having, like, a little bit more interest in Harry and and that being, like, a thing Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. two books ago, I want to say.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So. Well, I love that apparently part of her orders from Numbledore were to very purposely give Harry a bad time. It's like, Harry, I'm sorry to maintain the masquerade. I had to give you a shit time every you came over. Otherwise, you might want to keep coming. So, sorry, I was under orders.
1: Which the Dursleys would not let you do if they knew you were enjoying it in any way, shape, or form.
0: So that is a, 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 she implies that it's almost like a Dumbledore's instructions, but if not, that's a very intelligent move on her part to be able to keep keep her enterprise going. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'm disappointed about, given that Mundungus apparently has one, I'm guessing at some point in the story, invisibility cloaks just start getting sold at Costco. Because it seems like they're now going to give a dime a dozen, that the guy's just got an invisibility cloak now. It's not an ancient before, artifact.
1: It's, well, it's not... There are invisibility cloaks, and there are invisibility cloaks. And This Harry's one is, is one something... that you
0: get at Costco rather than yes. you know tailor-made at you yeah. know an, an English tailor. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is... If we find out later this is a Kirkland invisibility cloak, I will be very, very happy. Uh, I think it's Aldi's over there. Oh, God. No, never. Uh, I also have to give some, I hate saying this, the Dursleys aren't entirely out of of nowhere when it comes to being kind of really pissed off and demanding answers from Harry at the the beginning of this chapter. Mm Because their son comes in in one hell of a state. And Harry's just trying to leave the room without explaining why he carried back the almost limp corpse of this kid to the front door. It's like, no, Harry, they're not they're not off base and asking you to explain yourself right now. Also, I I guess, you know, this is
2: very Slytherin of me and very Gryffindor of Harry that he did this. But like it would have been a lot
0: easier if he just left Dudley. Like, Like, wait, 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 when? When? How Slytherin is the statement on your part?
2: After after he saved him, like after 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 he used his his Patronus and just Mm -hmm. like carrying him back, I feel like was the wrong move because the Dementors are gone. Yeah, like maybe they'll come back, but like unlikely. And and the reality
1: of that, to to your point, B J, the reality is that even if they came back, they wouldn't. We know they're not looking for Dudley. Right. They're looking for Harry.
2: Exactly. And so Harry going back to the Dursleys. And just like playing it off like nothing. Dudley'll figure it out, like regain his strength, and either not talk about it at
0: all or like explain something to his parents and to to credit your Slytherin impulses, it was not Harry's decision to bring him. Mrs. Fig started carrying him and said we gotta get him back, and then Harry went along with it because she was struggling. Well Harry Harry is also Slytherin. Like, you know He's a mix.
2: He's basically Slytherin with a I don't want to be associated with Malfoy being basically the only thing, as I remember, that like <laughs> put him into Gryffindor. Uh, on the next point,
0: <laughs> I mean, you're 100 percent right. I take that as t- a
2: win for everybody who obviously what? is only listening to this. I am getting as close to a nod from Sarah from that analysis that I will ever get for something like I mean,
0: that. It's, it's in text that he would have fit well in the house. I mean, it's definitely something that could have been the case. He has, from shortly after his birth, connections back to, you know, the ultimate inspiration and practically informal leader of the house. It's definitely
2: there. Yeah, I think if he didn't have an interaction with Malfoy, he 100% would have been put in
0: Slytherin. Um, One thing I got to give J.K. Rowling credit for- Had more useful friends that way. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Uh, I got to give J.K. Rowling credit for getting a lot better with comedy of where it's something that it was very much kind of slapstick and very pie in the face, which fitted the age group of the earlier books. The both very Shakespearean bickering between the two comic characters of Mrs. Fig and Mundungus was funny. And then the timing and the appearances of the owls just continually bursting into the serious conversation was delightful of where owls are just coming out of the woodwork throughout this conversation. They're swooped in through windows. When windows don't work, they're coming down chimneys. And when there's not enough time for chimneys, there is just a concussed-looking, shaking owl operating (laughs) in the middle of the room, (laughs) Um, which is a nice element of comedy to to break the kind of flow of what is a remarkably serious, and I did not think I would be looking forward to it, conversation between Harry and the Dursleys about the nature of his interaction with the magic world. Come Mm -hmm. to that point in a minute. Uh, We've discussed before the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery and how apparently it is the single most effective enforcement mechanism in the entire wizarding world that the moment you do it at any point anywhere within minutes, a letter arrives saying you're screwed. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a shame they don't use that level of enforcement for other violations in the wizarding world. There'd be a lot fewer things or problems with the Death Eaters and other stuff. I don't know what Somehow age that can turns off.
2: All the underage wizards, but you can't track any other wizard doing anything anywhere ever because nothing works. I'm,
0: I'm really concerned that when Harry lost a few minutes his first year, they just placed a chip in the back of his neck and he doesn't know it's there yet. And he's the only one that's actually
2: being tracked. It's not like there is an entire Ministry of Magic oh, that is God. just dedicated just for to her. watching Harry not magic. I mean, and I, honestly, I could understand that given like sure. probably their purported worry that he's associated with Voldemort. And mm-hmm. my guess is, I mean, I think that there isn't really a way to test how strong a magician is other than duels i think we've sort of talked about but like i think that they have an inkling that like he's one of the most if not the most powerful wizard of a generation and that's super concerning for how they're dealing
0: with him Mm -hmm. it's very concerning and he's also a symbol to basically all sides in this conflict he represents something he is a totem and that's potentially dangerous too uh one thing I also very much enjoyed, the repeated conflicting messages that Harry gets so much remind me of, like, emergency email chains at work of where someone <laughs> says, oh, God, this happened. Everyone do this thing. And then, like, five minutes later, no, 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 don't do that. Everybody do this instead. And you on the ground are just watching this are constantly guessing about who you need to follow and whether you need to wait five minutes for that to completely reverse. Yep. Because – Harry's practically concussed with the various advice he's getting from ultimately, like, four different sources, I think, before this chapter's over. About I think it's what three different
1: sources, but... I think it's all right. different letters.
2: Stay, stay where you are and don't do anything stupid.
1: It's which, just whether I mean, he is actively expelled from Hogwarts and will have his wand taken right. from him or not. Right.
2: Yes, and and honestly, those are conflicting <laughs> Stay there and don't do anything dumb is very,
0: like, if he gets told that more than once, it's conflicting. <laughs> It's like, okay, like multiplying two negative numbers it becomes positive. I'm with you. <laughs> um, Harry also, you know, we have got to see always ways that he's slow in the uptake. When he's actually thinking to himself, okay, when he gets the message, I think it's from Arthur Weasley saying, okay, don't worry, we're going to work this out. Dumbledore's going to the ministry personally. Hold on. And Harry literally thinks to himself, but what kind of influence could Dumbledore have over the ministry? What could he do to reverse this current chain of events? Harry? Lots, lots of influence, Harry. Well,
2: so Where have you been the last few books? I think that's the problem. That's something weird that we get with the narrator narrator that we have and like the narration style of the books because it's pretty much all Harry's point of view, but also semi-omniscient. So mm-hmm. sure. Harry probably doesn't know anything about like Dumbledore and the Dementors at Hogwarts and, and some of the other things that we kind of get because instead of having a GoPro on Harry we have like a 300 foot drone sometimes and so so it's frustrating with like the point of view that we get but like it kind of fits that that he doesn't know that that Dumbledore has this power and it also is kind of insane that Dumbledore has this power with like what things are purported to be I mean Yes, this is the only wizarding school, but like he's the headmaster of a school, not like anything to do with the ministry. So, yeah, it's like just
1: Dumbledore. Yeah. Who would be able to do this in the first place? Although I think also that, you know, part of Harry's whole thought process in this moment is not only legitimate confusion about what Dumbledore can what what Dumbledore what sway Dumbledore actually has over the ministry, but is also like we talked about in the last episode, in the last chapter, these just rising feelings in Harry at being left out of all of the planning that is like, well, Dumbledore, this is, this is a manifestation of like, well, Dumbledore doesn't care what happens to me anyway. So why would like, what, what could possibly be happening here? So I think that his sort of angstiness is feeding into this. If you were thinking rationally about this, like, Obviously, Mrs. Fig has been watching him on Dumbledore's orders for at least this summer and possibly the entirety of his existence on Privet Drive. Um, yep. But, but we're honest. emotionally past that point at, at this point. Also, moment. do
2: you think that Hermione knows and has shat a metaphorical brick about even worse expelled? <laughs> Like do we get that scene at some point that like Harry was like a hair's breadth from being expelled and Hermione just goes apoplectic? He was in fact expelled for a moment. Sort of, which is also like a weird purview for the Ministry
1: of Magic to have just like you committed a crime, you're getting expelled from school. Like and that's that's a moment you can see Dumbledore being like, "Um, uh Yeah.
0: I need to be consulted. Thank you. Yeah. I also can see a lot of aspects of this chapter really feeding the angst you're talking about, Sarah of where at every stage he's being further blocked out of the loop as he's yes. learning that there's even more loops. Yes.
2: Yeah. And it, like, it's, it's also such a weird thing and it's very, uh, like, I'm I'm not sure like where to put this, but like the Spencer, as you're saying, like this, such weird tracking on like the, the underage use of magic. And it's like, Against the Dementor and a spell that, like, he shouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- th- this isn't, I don't know, maybe it's very British and that the, like, self-defense doesn't mean anything. Kind of, like, you know, isn't God over there. What-
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Mrs. Fix almost tells Harry as much. He's like, Harry's like, you know, I was actively fighting fucking Dementors. Doesn't that give yeah. an excuse? And she's like, oh, no, oh, no, you, we're in trouble
2: right now. <laughs> I mean, and so wh- I guess what would have been very interesting, and, you know, Spencer, you sort of, like, motioned at this when, when I was talking about a Slytherin moment, is, like, what happens if Harry just, like, lets Dudley die and, like, walks away, you know? He'll have hell of plausible deniability when it comes to it. <laughs> right, but but imagine, imagine how quickly he gets kicked out of Gryffindor for being, like, well there were some Dementors around and they were killing somebody next to me. But, you know, there are these rules that I
0: have to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going from that moment, Harry pondering the question of why the Dementors were there is an important question for him to ponder of where he doesn't really have the frame of reference to think that the Dementors may just be under direct orders from he that shall not be named. He gets to that point, though, realizing that the odds of them just randomly showing up on the hunt, low. The odds of them looking for prisoners out there, exceptionally low. The odds that they were coming from me, seemingly more reasonable. But why? Oh, right. Let me connect the events that I know. Could to him, he, he reaches the point.
2: Was he in the room when, uh, I th- was it Sirius or Dumbledore? I think they were talking about like the
0: Dementors being the first to like go over to Voldemort.
1: I think that was, was Dumbledore and Fudge, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, Harry,
0: was, Harry right. was looking at that conversation through the mirror, I believe. Mm. Or, or through the, 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 the bowl pensive. of water. Yeah, mm. thank you. Yeah. Um, and last point for me, here's another character that suddenly just got fascinating out of nowhere. We knew previously that Tonya had a lot of envy informing a lot of her decision making. The fact that she still has knowledge and connections, like literally gets a howler and she immediately responds to
1: it. What have you been hiding, woman? You're suddenly fascinating, I want to know more. Not the first already, howler. No, it is not the first howler that has entered that house. It's the first
2: that we've got had on screen.
1: Yeah, um, but she also, but even before the howler comes, starts to starts to kind of drop the knowledge the that she has around the Dementors and about Voldemort yep. too, yeah. uh, which is super interesting.
0: I love um, that. I love that little moment of when she drops the whole, when she responds to Harry's line about Voldemort and everybody else in the room is just, you know, what's that name mean? Who's this Lord? Is he part of Mm -hmm. the English gentry? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And Harry locks eyes with her and sees her fear and has a moment of familial connection that he's never otherwise previously had with the Dursleys. Mm -hmm. That was a great played out moment of just that the fact that she has that response, the fact that she has that fear is a connection that he's never previously had with these people.
1: I feel like up till this point, Maybe Vernon has been the most interesting Dursley. Um, And this is a wild change up in those in those power rankings. I mean, Petunia is is more in tune with things than I think anyone would have thought um, before going into this conversation. Even the language of her. How
0: does someone have the exact language of what it was? was
1: Remember my last Petunia.
0: Even that is delightfully ambiguous and just for further mystery.
1: Yeah. So here, question for theory time from our from our newbies here. Who Mm -hmm. do you think the Howler is from?
2: I mean, I have a lot of theories. Uh, This one was one of the questions that I wanted to pose um, to to the group. Like I I, I had some suspicions, um, but I guess my my go to would be Dumbledore. Mm hmm um it feels very coarse for him it, it, it does it, feel very coarse I, this feels more this um feels more serious almost thing I, I was gonna say serious but like he's been in hiding for so long and so like i don't know and but that might have been the you know that boy uh that she was referring to
0: mm-hmm. um ran, ran around with harry's dad maybe it was yeah a double date exactly kind of thing.
2: like you know much more disreputable kind of uh kind of dude the other person that this kind of almost feels like is uh McGonagall. Like, hmm, I could see this being mm, but like mm-hmm. she she doesn't seem like she has that much of a as much of a connection with Harry and like uh like that much invested in his life. Um so yeah, I mean like sort of my first instinct is to say serious, but like on reflection that just doesn't seem right because of like his access to Having a howler, because unless like he was a, a Privet Drive, like right after his parents died, then Sirius probably would have been in Azkaban already because that see that at least to me having re- like read so far, this seems like it was fairly shortly after uh, like his Terry's parents dying that Sirius was put into Azkaban. But maybe like we know more about that timeline that I just don't remember.
1: No, I, I mean, I think that's right. But uh, it is, like, it's a weird, it's, it's just a, a weird the thing. Per, the weird yeah. The personal content.
0: The fact that it's so personal, the fact that the director the it's using her first name, and it's mm-hmm. even suggesting prior conversation occurring by such means or otherwise. Mm-hmm. This this is a, a level of interaction with the wizarding world that we're being as caught off guard about it as Harry is. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have to assume it's somebody we know. I have to assume that it was somebody that probably knew her even before Harry's parents died. That would make more sense given the, you know, the prior connections with him, And that's a small list. And I don't yeah. think, I don't think includes Dumbledore really, but it includes the circle that would have run around Harry's dad. Uh, so yeah. any of those people on each side of that could have, I think could be involved.
1: Yeah. BJ, I was glad that you brought up the mention of quote that awful boy, um, I, I included that in my recap because I wanted to make sure that we got back to it. It's interesting to me that Harry immediately thinks that that's his dad.
2: Yeah.
1: And starts thinking about that as his dad, but it it's an, it's an interesting way for Petunia to say that, even knowing the animosity that she has towards mm-hmm. towards her yeah. sister and Harry's dad. I just right. wanted to flag that. Um. So since it was here and it's
2: it's strange. The
1: the theories that you know, obviously,
2: like, can't be in questions that I sort of have is, I I wonder if a this house was furnished by somebody, and the Dursleys got to move into it because it's near Mrs. Fig or something <laughs> along those lines. Like this is a mm-hmm. Ministry of Magic mm-hmm. safe house that has protections on it. Otherwise, why on earth would he be in this house rather than Miss Figs? Mm-hmm. Like what there's to me, this chapter says there's something special about this particular house. And so,
0: like, you know, owl access.
2: <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Uh, like, I'm I'm betting that that Miss Mrs. Fig gets owls on the regular and sends owls on the regular. Um, so this also has me wondering where did the, the potters live? Um but that seems like it'd be a little bit weird to have them like move into the Potter house. Uh, yeah, this was
1: not, I mean, I can tell you. So the Potters lived in a town called um, Godrick's hollow. Okay. That is not, oh, it's much okay. more out in the country.
2: Yeah. Uh, I wonder what the Godrick's hollow was named after anyway. <laughs> so, Um. and then that got me to thinking like, is Vernon actually at all useful at his job or is he, uh, Made to keep a very middle class job that he can supposedly keep up this house that they have to be in for reasons, or is this <laughs> the Ministry of Magic being like, well, he he needs to be there? Uh, you know, we don't need any explanation for Petunia because my understanding is that she's essentially a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: as far as I know, anyway, yeah, yeah,
2: like that's not super clear. Um, so, my theory is that Vernon is basically on the Ministry of Magic's payroll, but he has no idea about he it. He doesn't realize it yet. Yes. <laughs> I also have a feeling that this is not at
0: all addressed in the books, but the house is well, that's all I've got in turn when it comes to Newbie's notes. Uh, Sarah, we've got an interesting question here. Who won? Who lost this chapter? Who won yeah, gets
1: it's the a, cup? it's a it's a weird one for that because we have mostly because we have a lot of ups and downs in this chapter as well as just a lot of yelling. BJ.
2: before we move on to the, the next segment something that spencer i'm really surprised you didn't talk about in newbies notes uh we have a continuing plot line that you have really enjoyed up until this point and I, like it just wasn't wasn't there for you i guess uh you're telling me
0: fearful oh god
2: the cauldrons well, well, you know, Percy, you know, is hell bent on standardizing <laughs> the quality of cauldron that 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 mm-hmm. wizards use, and now we have this presumably, you know, surveillance agent that that is probably getting, you know, faulty uh, imports from from you know knock
0: knockoff smoke. Knockoffs.
2: I mean, presumably that there's a. Uh, you know, maybe a, a Chinese manufacturing that just isn't up to snuff, doesn't use that quality uh, cast iron uh, cauldron of a certain thickness. I mean, these are clearly under thickness cauldron. Uh,
0: you, you, you raise another thing that amused me, too. I love the casual anti-foreignness of the Dursleys of where their first thought about what, what, what happened oh, to Deadly yes. is, uh, oh, my God, did they give you foreign tea? It's like, (laughs) who knows what quality is on that if it's not proper British tea. (laughs) They just go through a list of just like someone reads the Daily Mail kind of list of of foreign concerns. Mm -hmm. Yep, which think lines
2: up. Anything that that's serious, I like. I think Daily Mirror is a little bit more
1: (sighs) uh, Yeah.
0: But, Sarah, you're saying,
1: oh, I was just gonna say, um, that totally lines up with the way in which they were watching the news in the last chapter as yeah, well, yeah. the commentary that we that we got, yeah. so winners and losers, like I was saying, a very strange chapter to do this for um I let's start, I want to start my our discussion with Harry because mm-hmm. my i I do not in my mind think Harry is the winner or loser of this chapter. I think he no, actually no. is at a pretty steady i mean he had. Real highs and lows with the letters coming in and out, but I think if you take beginning of chapter and end of chapter, pretty steady. Um, yeah. he's practically
0: an observer throughout most of this. The events are happening around him. He's just trying to go with the flow,
1: and he's do reporting events to the Dursleys as they go. But like, I don't know, like material change in his yeah in his. I mean, well being in the world. I think that
2: my suggestion maybe going for the next couple through the rest of the series might be like, unless Harry is like super active in a chapter, like something Mm -hmm. really bad or really good happens to him just because like, he obviously is going to be like a main focus and he's going to be present. Like he just can't win or lose a chapter unless like something, his Quidditch team does something. And and like, we have to give it to him even though it's kind of obnoxious or like somebody damn near kills him and he's like incapacitated.
1: (laughs) Okay. The default is that Harry will not be winner yeah, or loser, I, like, I think and we he must fight his way out of that in some strange, yeah, in some exactly. way, shape, or form.
2: He needs to actively um, participate. S- mm-hmm. Succeed or suck. Yeah. Yes. Um. I'm gonna put up.
1: I, oh, go ahead, BJ. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm gonna put up for for loser of this chapter, although it's a strange. I wish we were using a different term for it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm going to put up for loser of this chapter, Petunia. Okay.
0: She doesn't have a great day. She has to reveal something about herself that she appears to have desperately kept hidden throughout possibly all of her life, or at least all of her married life. That's rough. I
1: I think she has the hardest day of anyone in this scene, um, or in this chapter. It is, like, she starts the chapter in a pretty rough spot, where she is, like, actively concerned about the continued living of her son um mm-hmm, as yeah. he vomits on her doormat and it really doesn't it doesn't get much better for her over the course of this chapter and she is by the end of it i think almost i mean she is browbeaten into yeah. an action that she does not want right necessarily and to take
2: she also is the only person that can grapple with the existential horror mm-hmm. that <laughs> is voldemort Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. probably knows a lot more than Harry does, even, about what Voldemort being free means. I mean, H- Harry has, like, the interactions that he has, and it's sort of, uh, there is personal danger to him, but not, like, the the same, like, this is sort of at least England changing, if not world changing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I would imagine that even though they were estranged, that Petunia got some of what the first wizard war was like from Lily. Yeah, one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, and dealt with the immediate aftermath of of the Potter's death. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put her as loser of this chapter. I think Absolutely. Vernon and Dudley are kind of skating along. Um, yeah.
2: I was gonna say, like, I think Vernon has a bad chapter in because I mean, while Petunia does sort of run the roost, like you have this sense that Vernon, like has the image of him wearing the pants of like he is, you know, sort of suspenders. Yeah. And he just got like a whole bunch of rugs pulled out from under him. Yeah,
1: he did. Yes, that's true. He doesn't though. I think understand the stakes of what those rugs are.
0: Right. I I think he also likes being indignantly pissed and he does get a lot of opportunities at that. He even sets up for some good opportunities in that.
1: He devotes a lot of energy to it. Certainly.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think Dudley sort of definitely not winner of the chapter, but like has ended this chapter in a much better place than he ended the last chapter.
0: So he has he has not that.
1: been kissed by a dementor. He still has his soul. He is back yes. at home.
0: <laughs> R- remind me too, isn't like the primary apparent cure for dementor exposure chocolate? Yes. So he's so gonna he's, love the cure phase of this treatment.
1: Harry is. It's gonna be great. Th-
2: in no way, shape, or form going <laughs> to share that information at <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> Asshole.
2: I mean, maybe, maybe uh, if, there were, if, if the chocolate frogs were more Monty Python chocolate frogs than oh, the on. actual
0: chocolate frogs, <laughs> he might. Well, Sarah, who wins then? It's not, Mrs. Fig. It's got to be Mrs.
1: Fig. <laughs> it's got to be Mrs. Fig. I just, be, I just want somebody else to say it. Yeah, it's got to be Mrs. Fig. Mundungus was not enough of a player in this chapter, I don't think. And I, we don't get a real insight into what is actually happen happening in his headspace. Um, but Mrs. Fig really does come in to kind of save the day. Mm-hmm. Uh at the beginning of this chapter, she gets to wallop Mundungus with her bag of cat food, which seems to be particularly enjoyable <laughs> to her. And um <laughs> me too. She she also gets to berate Harry for being sort of an idiot. Mm-hmm. Which
2: and then is good, she gets good to go for everybody.
1: Yes. Yes. So Mrs. Fig, clear winner in my book.
0: It's also interesting, too, and I hadn't really pondered this. She is a squib, which means mm-hmm. that she she has no individual magical ability. Mm-hmm. She apparently does have a magical familiar, though, if she's receiving information from her cat to inform her that Mundungus left and that Harry's under threat. That was going to be one of my questions for, for our question segment. Shall
1: yeah, transition so let's into transition or... into questions. Um, Mr. Tibbles, we Could don't you... get a whole lot more information. Oh, go ahead. Do you have a specific way in which you wanted to ask that question?
2: Uh, I mean, a little bit, but, you know, why don't, why don't you tell us about Mr. Tibbles and then I'll ask the broader question.
1: Okay. I was going to say we don't get a whole lot more information about Mr. Tibbles. My reading of their this scene and their kind of relationship is that we do get back in the second book when we were learning about squibs with Mr. Filch, mm-hmm. um, who also has Mrs. Norris, Norris. Yep. as essentially a familiar, right? Uh, who is clearly a magical cat in some way, shape or, or form, the way that she moves around in the world, knows what's going on in the castle and seems to communicate with Mr. Filch in some way. Um, I think we have a similar situation going on here with Mr. Mr. Tibbles. And my explanation of kind of both of those relationships is from, although the kind of like uh, for-profit university that was the quick spell course that we got the letters from in the mm-hmm. in the second book, is pretty sketchy. I do think that it gives us some information that there are, that even if you're a squib, it doesn't mean that you have no magical ability at all, that the kind of remnants of magic might manifest in some way. Um. And it seems to work for Mr. Filch and Mrs. Fig that they have some facility with these animals that have bonded with them.
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know if it goes beyond that in, in any way, And I don't think that they could necessarily, like, use a wand at all or even be allowed to have one. Um, But I don't think that it means that they're entirely without magic.
0: Or or at least can interact with magical artifacts to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But Um. what we do
1: learn, um, and this is a, a little bit of a spoiler, but we get it in a couple of chapters. But I think it's relevant to this discussion, and I don't think it's, like, super spoilery, is... Actually, I might be wrong about that, so I'm not going to say.
2: Fine enough. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: could be wrong. I can look it up real fast and see if I'm right and we can go back to that. Um,
2: Uh, Other questions or follow on questions. Yeah. yeah. So the broader question and, you know, we talked about a little bit about uh, Miss Norris, but there seems to be somewhere between like an intelligence and not of familiars. And mm-hmm. so I'm sort of wondering if this is a little bit of like, you know, Lassie did, you know, Timmy fall down the well kind of thing where they're a little bit more interactive. But like I'll, I'll, some of this is Mrs. Fig watching her cat do things. And she's a little bit of a batty old lady. And, and, you know, Mr. Mr. Tibbles doesn't really do much more like interactive. Or is this a little bit more like they don't quite talk, but like it'll be like, pawing at her, like, and dragging her over the door yeah. or something like that to, like, point stuff out. And sort of, I wonder, like, do we get some of that in the
1: movies or um, is this just sort of a... We get, we don't get Mr. Tiddles really in the movies at all, but we do get a little bit of that with Mrs. Norris and, and okay. Mr. Filch. That they do, in the movies, they do seem to have this sort of sort of bond. And wherever mm-hmm. Mrs. Norris shows up spying something...
0: He's not far behind him.
1: Yeah. He he's pretty hot on her heels. Um, so what I, I I figured out what I was going to say about Mrs. Big. I was wrong, but I think that this is an interesting distinction to make. So Dudley could not see the dementors. Dudley is a muggle. Muggles cannot see dementors feel their effects. Yes. But cannot actually see them. Um,
0: God, that's more terrifying.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. Um, we get in a, a few chapters.
2: Oh, um, so so muggles can't see magic, but squibs can.
1: Yes, Mrs. Sig can see the Dementors.
2: Um, like one of the things that we sort of get descriptions of, but sort of not, is like the spells have like things that come out of the wand imagery. Like we have, have mm-hmm. them in some specific ones mm-hmm. where like the wands are vomiting out spells and a couple yeah. of other things. But yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like the movie versions where, sp- like, spells spurt out of the wand is canon in the books.
1: Yeah, to a, I think to a greater or lesser yeah. degree. Um, but, so muggles can see the effects of magic, um, so. the end game of the magic, but can't really see the magic happening and therefore also can't really see magical creatures.
2: It also then hmm. therefore seems like Patronus is like the least Problematic spell ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He gestured and yelled, "Go!" It's like what? It's a big silver stag
1: appearing before them. I guess that that seems so like that. That's the funniest. I think there's squidginess to that rule, though. I think there is narratively convenient squidginess to that rule. Of course, there is. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. It makes the
0: cover up of when Wormtail, uh, you know, died, and there was a big explosion. Lots of Muggles died. All the easier for the Ministry of Magic to cover, because from the perspective of all the people that are on the street, there was a guy standing there, and suddenly there was a big, giant explosion. That just mm-hmm. screams there was a gas main leak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, question for me, uh, uh, for each of the letters that Harry gets from the Ministry, there is a name on the letters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do, we know, do we know this person, or should we know this person?
1: We do. Uh, her name is Mifelda Hop- Hopkirk. We have not seen her in person yet. Um, But she sent the other letter that Harry received from the improper use of magic office <laughs> in the second job. book when Dobby uh dropped a cake on their dinner guest's head. Um, She also sent that letter. So it is internally consistent that she essentially runs this office. She might be the she might be the Arthur Weasley of this office. She might be the only huh. one there.
2: Interesting. I mean, so that also sort of brings to bear like this is sort of like a uh, maybe a location and magic tracking as opposed to uh like the magician actually casting spells because Mm -hmm. he got in trouble for what dobby did which is kind of weird if mundugas is apparating and disapparating from that area but yeah we're we're gonna sweep that under a rug uh my actual question is how is magical
0: talent diagnosed It appears at a certain age too, so that makes it interesting too. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that there's a specific.
0: I mean, it's just sort of you get a letter from Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Like. And you, you you start to display magical ability at a certain age, which is mm-hmm. expected. It's part of, you know, puberty in some way. So I, I I almost wonder if it's like, you know, going to the pediatrician and reading the expected development charts for certain ages.
2: <laughs> right, but, like, there also sort of has to be this—I mean, maybe if we go with the Ministry of Magic knows where all children in the UK are and is watching for magic in their location. But that seems like that's what it has to be, because otherwise— yeah. They wouldn't
1: be able to, like,
2: how did Hermione get her letter?
1: That's, it because this makes sense when you are talking about, like, just magic families, because obviously the Ministry of Magic does have a track on all of the magic families um, in the UK. The Muggle... Whoa, whoa, whoa. That that is
2: not an obvious thing, and that is creepy (laughs) and interesting. Well, it it
1: does keep track of who the magic families are. Do they have to
2: register? Do they have... Uh, patches
1: that they have to wear on their arm? <laughs> well, <laughs> We're going this route, are we? <laughs> no, they don't. Um, But, you know, keep that in mind for later events in these books. Oh, um, sure. yeah. So I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea what the process is for like finding a Hermione in the world. We do get one specific explanation for a particular individual who came from a non non magic situation but not necessarily a non magic family, particularly. So I, I, I don't know. It's a good question. I, was about I feel to like someone to... has probably logic this out. I do not know.
2: Um, that's a very weird thing. That Anyway, sorry, go ahead,
0: Spencer. No, uh, do, you have, do you have another question, another follow up? Otherwise, I got one more. No, go for it. What, as Headmaster of Hogwarts, does Dumbled- is Dumbledore able to wield any degree of formal? power when he kind of makes a petition to the ministry with, or intervening in Harry's case, or is it purely just force of Dumbledore himself? Force of it's personal It's force of will.
1: Dumbledore.
2: Yeah.
0: He Which is also that...
2: kind of insane because there are no other wizards in the, like the UK. So like everybody that is going into the ministry and also it's kind of insane that he has such a, uh, oppositional association with the ministry that like they're all Dumbledore trained. Basically, they 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 all come from Hogwarts. They all came up through like I anyway. Mm-hmm. But sorry, this is going into like some insanity and and the wider world that I think we need to not go into all the time. But it's really interesting that he has no actual power.
1: So I do have just and this is not going to. I don't. You're not going to be satisfied with this answer, BJ, because it does not. It would get really really complicated really really quickly. Mm-hmm. But All apparently all muggle born witches and wizards are they do not spontaneously arise from like pure forever muggle families. They had to have had some sort of magical ancestor at some point. So it usually happens from like a magical family has a child who's a squib. The squib Mm. marries a muggle. Many generations later, those magical api- abilities reappear. So it's so possible that there is still some sort of like institutional knowledge to like, hey, we should check on kids from this family. So the reason that we don't get descriptions of any of the other students
2: at Hogwarts is that they have like Habsburg chins and <laughs> other the inbreeding is strong in these. So. Features. <laughs> oh, how how oh, many man. hemophiliacs do you think are, are
0: in oh, Hogwarts? Oh, God. <laughs> They have a potion for that. Don't worry. Wow. Well, that's all the questions I have. Um, all right. What is, what is our next chapter?
1: Our next chapter is, I believe it's called the advance guard. Yes. Interesting. So Definitely if that sure is... anything at all. Who,
0: who are these people? Curious. And don't say <laughs> don't the advance guard. We
1: will find out. <laughs> well, this has been fun, y'all.
2: As always, it's been Indeed. interesting.
0: <laughs> Bye, Indeed, guys. Yes. Looking forward to the next one. <laughs>